Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 12. Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 12. We're going to read a few verses of Scripture here and uh, let the Lord lead us in His Word. The Scripture says this in Luke 19 and verse 12. He said, therefore, Jesus said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, and I want you to notice this word, occupy till I come, occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities." And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He said, Likewise to him be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, a severe, a severe, really it's referring to a wind, a severe wind. You take up that thou layest not down, reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, out of thine own mouth, will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knowest that I was an austere man, taking up that I had not laid down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money unto the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury. And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. I want to concentrate our attention on the statements made in this great parable of Jesus that he called unto them, called them to account. He had told them before leaving, occupy till I come. And I want to speak to you on the subject called to occupy. Called to occupy. Could we lift up our voice unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon the preaching of the word today and ask that his spirit would move upon our hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every person that has gathered in this place. I thank you for the families, the people that they represent. I ask in Jesus' name that the blessing of the Lord would settle upon this house. Lord, I ask that your word will go forth and minister to us. God, correct in us what should be corrected. Lord, I pray that you will reveal and shed light upon things that need revelation. Help us, God, to walk in your path, the path of righteousness, that we may see the glory of the Lord. And we ask all of this in your name. I pray for an anointing upon the messenger. As I endeavor to handle the word of life, let the word come forth with the power and the love, the accuracy, the wisdom that only you can give. And we give you the praise for it in advance. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen and amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. The word is pragma. Pragma. And it is a, it is a Greek word. And it is, it means act, 
action, activity. Uh, it's where we get our word practical or practicality. And it is where we get our word pragmatic or pragmatism. And it, it simply means action. Any and all action. It's not limited to just noble and significant as we would deem it. Not just serious actions, but, but it really deals with any and all action. It is the descriptive word that helps us understand what takes place when activity is engaged in. And it's, it's the Greek word uh, pragma, and, and we use it probably most often in the, in the way of saying that something or somebody is pragmatic. If you were to say that somebody uh, approaches something with a great deal of pragmatism, uh, what you would be describing is that this individual approaches a perhaps a complex topic in a way that, that breaks it down. Why does it break it down and not break it up? It breaks it down because it seems to us to be above us, lofty, high. And then when it's broken down, it, it, is, it is descended into our understanding. So we say they've broken it down. They have taken what was a dense block, if you please, and they've begun to chip away at it until you begin to see it in bite-sized pieces to where you can ingest mentally a little bit at a time. And what they've done is they have taken a pragmatic approach to a complex topic, maybe even an abstract principle but they have broken it down to help us understand it. A heart doctor, for instance, a heart doctor might uh, take a pragmatic approach to cardiology. And you think of the word cardiology and all that that entails, and, and it's hard to fathom what in the world that all means. And the doctor could very well call you in, sit you down, and explain to you what they taught him in school, or her in school and describe the uh, various uh, ventricles and chambers and veins and capillaries and arteries and all of, the, all of the meticulous language that goes into truly describing the cardiovascular system of the human body. Or uh, more likely, uh, they're going to bring you in and, and maybe... Uh, help you understand how you can have a healthy heart. And uh, they're probably not going to go into all of the detail that they had to go through in order to understand what's, what is required in a surgical procedure. They'll probably say things to you like, eat less sodium. Uh, they might say something like, uh, go on more walks if possible. Uh, they might tell you things uh, uh, that, in fact, I better stop here because I'm not a heart doctor. I'll have you eating Reese king size Reese sticks and, and you don't want to take my word for nothing when it comes to, to sugar intake. But I just have this idea that when the doctor begins to explain it to you, uh, that they're going to help you understand in practical terms how you can take actions that will help you have a healthier heart. 
And what have they done? They have taken a pragmatic approach to heart specialization. And they've not complicated it by, by going through all of the detailed language. Now, we, you can do that, and if you're a, a student of complex topics, why that is certainly a, an exciting endeavor. But if that's not you and you're not trying to do that, you're just trying to understand how to keep this ticker ticking, then, then you're probably going to benefit greatly from, tell me what I can do. Tell me the actions I can take. Because this is the practicality, this is the pragmatism that I need to be able, uh, that I need to understand in order to be able to, to do what is necessary uh, for my good health. Jesus tells a parable. We've read it. We've used it as a text this morning. And he describes a certain nobleman. And uh, the nobleman goes into a far country to receive a kingdom and he's going to return. Now, there's a similar parable to this in the book of Matthew. This is Luke 19. There's another parable in Matthew 25. You might, if you're familiar with the parables of Jesus, uh, we tend to talk about the other parable maybe a little bit more. Uh, there are some similarities and there are some differences. Uh, the, the, the similarities are the principles involved, that the nobleman or the master or the Lord is leaving for a period of time. In this, we see that Jesus would be ascending on high and that he would be returning, and that's what we await even today, the return of Jesus Christ. And I will just for the record say, he's coming sooner than you think. Be ready. And I'm never going to stop saying that. Be ready. The scoffers can scoff. We're still going to let you know. Be ready. The mockers can mock. They can go about the street saying, where then is the promise of his coming? But you're never going to hear us go silent. He's coming, and we'd better be ready for the coming of the Lord. So this similar principle is at work that the, that the nobleman, the Lord, leaves for a period of time but is returning and he is expecting some things to have been done while he was physically away from that particular place. And he, in Matthew 25, he gave talents and in Luke 19, he gave pounds. In both cases, uh, the principle is analogized by money. The talent and the pound both are currencies, and they have to do with the weight that has been put in their hands. And in uh, the case of the talents, it was five talents, two talents, and one talent. In the case of the pounds, it was 10 pounds, five pounds, and one pound. And then, of course, uh, we understand that the in the matter of of the one talented servant, he buried his talent, whereas the one with the one pound, he folded his pound in a napkin. We also know that the reward that the talented servants received was a multiplied talent. What they'd given, what they had changed, exchanged and traded, they received back to them, and, and it was multiplied unto them. In this case, they are placed over Cities. They are given cities. And in the parable of the talents, they are welcomed into the joy of the Lord. And in this parable, again, the cities, the, 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 the servant that had 10 pounds was given 
10 cities. And the servant was, that had brought five pounds was given five cities. And of course, the servant that had one pound and folded in a napkin was, uh, it was, was at a loss. He was considered a wicked servant. And, and so these are similar parables, but there are subtle differences, and the differences are important. I won't be able to go into all of them, but I would like to take note of a few of them. One of the things that the nobleman says in this parable is that he says, I'm going away, but I want you to occupy till I come. I'm coming back, and I'm putting some things in your hands. And, and when I return, I expect a return upon the investment that I have made into you. And he said, I want you to occupy until I return. And so it's, it's very interesting because that word occupy is the word pragma. That's the word pragma. He said, I want you to take these pounds. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you value and worth. I'm going to give you a means with which to trade, but I don't want it to sit stagnant. I want you to take what I give you and I want you to invest it into the kingdom and I want it to multiply and I, upon my return, will bless you in ways you can't even fully understand. And while I'm gone, here's your job. Occupy. They, like we, were called to occupy. I want you to know that God has put investments into our hands. God has given us good and perfect gifts. I will tell you that God has given us the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I don't want us ever to tire of hearing about it, singing about it, thinking about it, preaching about it, believing for it. This last Friday night, two nights ago, we had four children filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and one baptized in Jesus' name. And our guest evangelists were Brother Brody Leeser and Sister Giselle Dixon, and they're in the children's ministry right now being taught by their teachers. But they declared the word of the Lord, and God poured out the power of the Holy Ghost. God has given gifts unto his people. He has given unto us gifts, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, the gift of the working of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the gift of tongues, the gift of diverse interpretation of tongues. Hallelujah. The gift of discerning spirits. Praise God. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gifts of administration and the gifts of helps and the gifts of governments. God has given unto his people gifts. And we are not to sit with what the Lord has given us and just rest here for a while and fold it up in a napkin or bury it in the earth, but we are to utilize the gifts that God has given us and occupy until he comes. 
We are to be active while we await the return of Jesus Christ. The Bible does not have a book in it that is called the thoughts of the apostles or the intentions of the apostles or the best ideas the apostles ever had or the committee minutes of the apostles. No, it has a book called the Acts of the Apostles. Incidentally, it's the only book in that New Testament writing that doesn't have the word amen at the end of it. And scholars have speculated as to why. Perhaps it's because it doesn't have a conclusion just yet. It's not supposed to be concluded with what you simply read on page, but it's supposed to be alive in your members. It's supposed to be alive in your actions, in your daily activities. You and I are anointed to be active in the kingdom of God. When we use the word occupy, we use it in various ways. We might use it, for instance, in the sense of asking someone, what is your occupation? Where are you occupied? And they would immediately respond, most likely, to that question by saying, I, I work at, and they would probably give you a company, they'd probably give you a place, they'd give you a particular trade, a skill, and they would explain to you that this is how I derive my livelihood. This is what I do every day of my life to make sure that there's a revenue stream, that there is a livelihood that I'm engaged in, that I'm providing for my family, for myself, and for my loved ones. And I'm, 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 this is how I live my life. This is what I do. That's the answer to the question, what do you do? Well, that's a pretty broad question, as a matter of fact. But you know what they mean. They mean, where are you occupied? What is your job? What is your occupation? Or we might even use it in a militaristic way. We might say that a military has moved into a particular nation and they have occupied that nation. What are we saying? We're saying that they have arrested all the means of action in that particular nation. All of the comings and goings, all of the government workings, all of the ways and the means of that particular nation. The military has stepped in and they have occupied a territory. They have arrested the actions of the citizens of that place. And it is from top to bottom, from bottom to top, the length and the breadth of that kingdom, the conquerors of all time understood that occupation has to do not just with the greatest and most significant of feats, but has to do with the smallest and seemingly insignificant feats. Alexander the Great would actually travel with a botanist and with scientists to help him determine what were the floral, what were the floral capabilities of lands that he would conquer? What are the resources of this particular land? He wanted to know what lied between, beneath the earth when he would conquer a land because it wasn't just about big actions. It was about the rudimentary. It was about the smallest the most detailed, the most intricate of acts have to do with what occupies us. In fact, that's another way that we use it. Keep them occupied. 
we might say, of the person we're trying to surprise for their birthday party, especially if they're hard to surprise and they knew about it before you started planning it, but they're just kind of humoring you and letting you have your fun. And you know they're that way, so you try your best to make sure they don't figure it out. So you get a team of people and their goal is to keep them occupied. What are you saying? You're saying keep them distracted. Get them involved in lots of actions. Get them looking over here and doing that. Get their hands busy. Get their feet moving. Get their mind thinking. Sometimes we might become preoccupied. It's before the work starts. It's a fancy word for distraction. Preoccupied. I passed by a table the other day and, uh, and I thought, I saw a family of four and I was so sad because as I looked, they, they were sitting at the table, all four members of the family with phones in their hands and headphones on their ears and they were each doing something on their phones. And I, out of curiosity, just wanted to know what it was. And so I just kind of glanced there and got a napkin and glanced that way. And I wonder, maybe they're all doing the same thing, but they weren't. They were all doing something different. And I thought maybe I should say something, but then I tripped because I was looking at something on my phone and I couldn't. <laughs> I just... But it wouldn't surprise me because we're all so preoccupied. What are we saying? We're saying before the work gets started, something steps in front of it and it becomes a preoccupation of ours and we become distracted by it. But this master, this nobleman, the representative in this parable of our Lord and Savior said to the servants that he gave pounds to, he said, I want you to occupy until I come. I want your hands busy. I want your mouth moving. I want your feet moving. I want you walking up and down the streets. I want you engaging the community. I want you talking to the business people. I want you ministering to the people that are hurting and that are broken. I want you engaged in government. I want you engaged in business. I want you engaged in the education. I want you engaged in the economy. I want you to occupy. I want you to be busy. And I want you to know God wants the Tree of Life Church to be busy about his business. We're engaged in kingdom business. And there should not be, not one of us, not one of us should be sitting by with nothing to do or waiting for somebody to give us something to do. We've got, we've got all the resources we need to step into the goodness and glory of God and say, I'm going to do what the Lord has put me on this earth to do. Well, I don't have anything I can do. You know how many millions of people need somebody to tell them about Jesus Christ? Yes, you do have something you can do. Well, that's not my gifting. Yes, it is your gifting. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it again. That's your gifting. It's literally your gifting. 
He said, preach the gospel to every creature. He said, you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you and you. Who does that mean? That means you, 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 yes, you, 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 you shall be witnesses unto me. Hallelujah. In Jerusalem, in Judea, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Occupied. Occupied with what? Everything. From the biggest to the smallest, from the least to the greatest, here and there and everywhere. There's nothing too small in the kingdom of God. Every ounce of work we do is significant in the kingdom of God. There isn't one piece of lint you pick up that isn't important to pick up. There isn't one Sunday school lesson you teach that isn't important for you to teach. There's not one tract you pass out. There's not one person you pray for. There's not one encouraging text that you sent that isn't important in the kingdom of God. If God gave you forgiveness, you ought to use it to forgive somebody else. If God gave you mercy, you ought to show mercy to somebody else. If God gave you power, you ought to pray power onto somebody else. <laughs> Hallelujah. Occupy, occupy, occupy until I come. We've got things we're doing in the kingdom of God. We're going to go through some of them. You're going to see some of them. They're happening right here. They're not, we talked last week about global reach, and we thank God for what he's doing in the far-flung nations of the world. But I want you to know that it starts right here. We've got to be engaged in local action. And it's, it's not just complicated, complex, abstract ideas. No, it's pragmatic. It's practical application. We thank God for Kingdom Life Ministries. Praise the Lord. Brother Colbert, could you just stand? Amen. Just kind of wave your hand to everybody. Y'all don't even realize. Thank God. Brother Colbert has taught Tree of Life Church how to teach home Bible studies. Taking a chart and opening up the Word of God and teaching people the gospel of Jesus Christ. He hasn't just done it here, but he's done it all over, all over the nation. He's traveled and taught the Word of God and taught people how to engage in teaching people Bible studies. That's centered right here at Tree of Life Church. We thank the Lord for it. We talked about it last week, but we're going to talk about it again. Arbel DeVita, Pastor Rubio, could you stand and just kind of wave your hand? God bless you. We thank God for Arbel DeVita, people being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's happening right here. That's happening right here. Tree of Life Church is engaged in local action. The oak cupboard, Sister Jess Williams, could you stand and just kind of wave your hand? God bless you, Sister Jess Williams. The oak cupboard. We are engaged, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, with helping women who are trying to decide between what they should do, what their situation is, and they, they're trying to make a decision for life. They're receiving pressure from other sides, trying to make a different choice, but we're going to step into the mix and say, therefore choose life, and we're here with you. We're not just going to say choose life and the best of luck to you, be warm, be filled, but we're stepping into the mix, and we're helping these ladies make the right choice, and we're putting support to them by providing pragmatic needs, pragmatic, practical application, action, 
action, daily activity needs. We provide them with supplies that they need for everyday challenges they face when it comes to bringing up babies and taking care of children. We thank God for Brother Aaron and Sister Jess Williams. We thank God for Brother Dan and Sister Shalina Wilson. Are you in the house today, Brother Dan, Sister Shalina? Go ahead and stand there. This is community engagement. We're about to have the Easter extravaganza. And we're going to have over a 1,000 people converge on our property, and they're going to come looking for Easter eggs, and they're going to find Jesus. Amen. And how they're going to find him, we're going to be there. We're going to be there occupying till he comes. We're going to be there with smiling faces, encouraging, and just blessing them and thanking them for being there and being here. God bless them in Jesus' name. It's not just that event, but all through the year, looking for ways to engage the community. Brother Darren Parnell, could you stand, Brother Darren Parnell, men's prison ministry. God bless Brother Parnell. And let me tell you, all of these people represent teams that are working with them. But Brother Parnell is preaching on a weekly basis to the men's prison ministry. And, and people are receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. And when you walk into those prisons, ladies and gentlemen, and you see some of these men are there and they will be there for the rest of their lives. But they stand there with hands uplifted, glorifying the name that's above every name. And I can hear Jesus saying, when I was in prison, you did not visit me. And they asked, when did we see you in prison? And he said, when the least of these were in prison and you didn't visit them, it was me that you were refusing to visit. I thank God for men's prison ministry that's taken the gospel on a weekly basis to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to men who are incarcerated. Amen. We have kingdom sober living. Brother Jamie and Sister Jenny Diley, could you stand right now? God bless you. Just kind of wave your hand. Transitional housing. God has opened up doors for the Dileys. They're providing transitional housing for people who are struggling with alcohol and drug abuse, and they're preaching the gospel to them. I believe we had 24 baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost last. Help 24. Right here at Tree of Life Church, that's happening on the west side. If you know somebody that's struggling with alcohol and drug abuse, send them to the Tree of Life Church because we're not just up here trying to put on some kind of a Sunday morning show for you. That's not what's happening here. We're getting ready to go out into the field. We're occupying until he comes. This that we're doing today is refueling, refueling. It's a refueling station. Hallelujah. It's not enough. It's not enough just to say God can do it. You got to get in there with your hands and be pragmatic and be practical and take action in the name of the Lord. We thank God for life forward. God bless Brother James and Sister Amber Miser. Could you just stand and just wave your hand to everybody right now? Life forward, a pro-life ministry that has partnered the oak cupboard. The oak cupboard stepped into this same field and is helping life forward. We're stepping in and helping these young ladies make a choice for life, providing them support and helping them find the Lord in Jesus' name. And we're having them come to Tree of Life Church where they can receive the spiritual strength they need to go forward with the right decision. 
Amen. This is Tree of Life Church. It's happening right here at Tree of Life Church 2020 ministry. Sister Kim Heath is not able to be here today, but Sister Kim Heath, if she were here, she'd be waving her hand. She is, a, she is the chaplain at 2020 ministry. We praise God. I'm going to tell you, she's on the inside ministering to young people who have made devastating life choices that, that they think their world is over, but it's not over. Jesus can restore anybody. Jesus can redeem anyone's life from destruction. And Sister Kim, Kim Heath is on the inside of 2020 ministries and is praying people through to the Holy Ghost, teaching Bible studies. God is moving while we're here worshiping and doing, doing what we do on Sundays. All through the week, there's ministry happening all throughout our city. We thank the Lord for that. We ought to Give God praise for that. Amen. Life recovery. Brother James and Sister Natalie Hefford, could you wave your hand there? Life recovery. We thank God for this ministry. This is a... This is a ministry that supports those who battle addiction, and we are partnering with the court system so that they can receive the help that they need, and they come to the Tree of Life Church, and it's a part of their process of rehabilitation ordered by the court that they come and help us, or they come to us, and we help them by giving them the real tools that will strengthen them and encourage them and give them victory over this addiction. This is happening at the Tree of Life Church all through the week. These are ministries, and there are more that take place. In-house weekly ministries, we have, of course, the worship team. We have audio, visual, and lighting. We have the creative team of digital and design that takes our social media and, and propagates it throughout the world. We have content team, photography, and videography. We have prayer team. Do you know we have prayer meetings happening throughout the week? Every day we've been having noon prayer right here at the church. On Saturday mornings, the men pray here at the church. On Tuesday nights, the ladies pray here at the church. The first Saturday of every month is family prayer. We have ushers who are engaged in the work of the Lord, a baptismal team that helps those who are seeking to be baptized in Jesus' name. We thank God for Brother Christian who drove up all the way from Alabama last Sunday to be baptized in Jesus' name. We thank God for you. What a name. What a name to be baptized in Jesus' name. Our greeters are the frontline workers that when people walk in, who knows what people are coming from, but when they walk into Tree of Life Church, they're going to meet greeters who have the Holy Ghost, who are lit up with the joy of the Lord, who are welcoming, who are hospitable, welcoming into the house of the Lord. We have Connect Point. Connect Point is the point of information that helps you find and, and discover everything that you're going to need here at the Tree of Life Church. We have the amazing security team and safety team, and we ought to thank God we've got such a great security and safety team. It's well organized, and we're grateful for it. We thank God for the Roots Children's Ministry. Can we give God praise for Roots Children's Ministry? I'm going to say it again this past Friday night. 
Brother Brody and Sister Giselle had that pulpit that I preached from, and I'm going to tell you the joy I had watching those children declare the word of the Lord from the pulpit I used to declare the word of the Lord from. You know what that does for me? That makes me know that should the Lord tarry and one day when we're all off the scene, they're going to be those who are carrying the gospel of Jesus on, and they're doing it right now. We ought to be in prayer for our children's ministry team continually. And if you see a children's ministry teacher, leader, ministry worker, make sure you go up to them and thank them and bless them and encourage them and volunteer for it. It's a great ministry. Amen. Branch youth ministry, which includes junior high, senior high, and young adult prime ministry. We ought to thank God for our branch youth ministry. I thank God that these young people worship, they give God praise, they give him all of their heart in, 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 in consecration. The Bible quiz ministry where children are learning the word of the Lord, quoting whole books of the Bible, being able to memorize the word of the Lord. The scripture says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Duo, duo marriage ministry in a day. When marriage is under assault, Tree of Life Church has marriage ministry that is focused on strengthening and encouraging the marriage between one man and one woman in holy matrimony. That's the reflection of Christ and his church that's happening at Tree of Life Church. Discipleship every single Sunday. TLC Unique and Elements, where you learn the basic fundamentals of the Word of God, doctrine, and you learn how to get engaged at Tree of Life Church. You learn our history. You learn the culture of why are we called the Tree of Life Church, and you learn the basic doctrines and fundamentals of the Word of God. Events. Events is something that happens throughout the year, but it's an organized approach. Pastoral care, visitations counseling, hospital work, going to the hospitals, praying for people who are sick and in need of a touch from God. This is happening all throughout the week. Ladies' ministries and men's ministries, ladies and men facing certain needs, we've got ministries to encourage you in the name of the Lord. Are we busy? Yeah, we're busy. We're occupied. We're occupied. We're busy. Our hands are moving. Our feet are moving. We're preaching. We're singing. We're teaching. We're, we're providing a food pantry, praise the Lord, a food pantry through Oak Cupboard. We're providing emotional support and spiritual direction through our engagement with Life Forward. We have at the Kingdom Sober Living and Kingdom Life Ministries meeting people at the point of their need and teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what happens on a local level. Yeah. Hallelujah. Get engaged. Get involved. Occupy. Get into action. See what the Lord is doing. See what the Lord will use you to do. And we have to understand that God has anointed us to do it. Everything we give through this personal commitment and first fruit sacrificial offering is going to be for the purpose of continuing the ministries of Tree of Life Church. I've decided I'm not going to utter words of complaint about the state of our world. I'm going to do my best to hold my tongue. You know what Daniel said about the state of his world? He repented for his sins and for the sins of the nation of Israel. 
and God began to move upon it. When I feel like complaining, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get engaged. I'm going to act upon what the Lord has already put in my hand. We need to stop being surprised when sinners sin. We need to stop being surprised when lost people are lost. Jesus said, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know when he said that? He said that directly before he told the parable of the servants with the pounds to his disciples. Before he told them that parable, he was walking along and a man who was short in stature climbed up a sycamore tree and he was looking, trying to find Jesus. He was a sinful man. He was a man that nobody respected. His life had been turned back and upside down, but he was looking for Jesus. Jesus looks and sees him in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, today salvation is come to your house. Go get your house ready because I'm coming to your house. He didn't invite him to the synagogue. He didn't invite him to the temple. He went to Zacchaeus' house. I want you to know, yeah, we want people to come here, but they're not going to come here until we go there. We've got to step into their world. We've got to put our hands in the field. We've got to get practical about this. We've got to get pragmatic in our approach. Ah, hallelujah. Listen, we will preach and we will teach the oneness of God. It's the greatest doctrine in all the world that God was manifest in the flesh, that the holy God of heaven, the great I am, the El Shaddai, was manifest in human flesh. It's the greatest doctrine in the world. But we're not just simply going to give you all the details of the capillaries and the veins and the arteries and the venal system and the cardiovascular networking through the body and through the scriptures. No, there's nothing more down to earth than God coming down to earth. There's nothing more broken down to where we can understand it like a holy God of heaven who fills all space and time and sits on the circle of the earth but became a babe in a manger. It's the most pragmatic message that has ever been spoken. No, no, no. The oneness of God isn't supposed to be complicated. Worship isn't supposed to be complicated. Holiness isn't supposed to be complicated. Living for God and living righteous isn't supposed to be complicated. Evangelizing the lost isn't supposed to be complicated. It is practical. And we must be practitioners of it. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. And all that stood by began to murmur and say, he's going to Zacchaeus' house? What kind of man of God is he that he would go to a sinner's house like that? It was to that murmuring that Jesus replied and said, I'm going to tell you why I'm here. I didn't come here to somehow get your approval. I didn't come here to make you feel good about yourself and your, in your position as a high and lofty one. No, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Folks, I thank God we've got a building. 
but we didn't come to hide out in this building. We better not use it as our little fortress to bury our talents in. No, we've got to go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. When you give unto the Lord in personal commitment and first fruits, you're putting wheels on the bus. You're putting fuel in the tank. You're making sure we have the resources we need to occupy, to get busy, to move into action. No, hallelujah. He said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why I'm here. In fact, let me tell you, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive his kingdom and to return. And he said he gave these pounds unto his servants, 10 talents, 10 pounds. And and one used it and said, I brought 10 pounds back to you. He said, I'm going to give you 10 cities. Oh, hallelujah. Did you hear what his reward was? 10 cities. When you invest what God has given you, you know what you get in return? Cities. When, when you do the work of God, Tree of Life Church, you know what God's going to give you? He's going to give you what he gave to the children of Israel at Jericho. For I have given unto you the city. Don't be afraid of the walls that people put up. Don't be afraid of the, all of the, all of the obstructions. No, I have given you this city. I want you to know that God has given us this beautiful city. We don't complain about this city. We don't take shots at this city. This is the most beautiful city in the nation, in the world. This is where God planted us. This is where God put our feet. We love the Cincinnati skyline and we love skyline chili. Hallelujah. This is our city and we have come to evangelize it. We have come to lift up the weary hands. We have come to strengthen the feeble knees. We have come to help those who have become hopelessly addicted to break free from those addictions. We've come to feed the hungry. We've come to clothe the naked. We've come to give shelter to the homeless. Yes, we have. God gave us some talents and pounds and we must occupy. Oh, I pray God will give you a fresh and new love for every burb, suburb, every part of this city, downtown, uptown, all around, to the west, to the east, from the north to the south, across the river. In the name of Jesus, Lord, baptize us again and afresh and anew with love for the people of this city. Every university, every hospital, every place of business, we are a light. We are a light. We are a light. Hey, you better occupy when you're going in and out of businesses. Don't get preoccupied. Oh, Lord, there's nothing worse than a saint of God in a restaurant being rude. Don't do that. And if you do, don't tell them you go to Tree of Life Church. I don't know if I got Bible for it, but I think it might be okay for you to tell them a lie at that point. No, no. I kid. Don't do that. But but just be good. Be kind. 
Don't, don't tell them. Don't, don't, don't be rude and insensitive and unkind. Understand I'm a light in this city. I don't, I don't, I don't, try, to, I don't try to somehow prove points and, and try to uh, engage people on a level that, that is beneath the church of the living God. No, I'm a light. I have the joy of the Lord. I have peace in my mind. I have a spirit of God in me that is here to reach this person. You don't know what they went through that day when they begin to look at you out of the side of their eye. Let them look at you out of the side of their eye. You're Holy Ghost filled. It doesn't matter how people look at us. We're Holy Ghost filled. They can criticize us all day long. We have a city that we're going to live in for the rest of our lives. We're here for the moment, but not forever. We're going to occupy until he comes. That demoniac that Jesus cast the devils out of, he said, we are legion for we are many. And, and Jesus and Jesus began to minister to him. The Bible says when Jesus got done with him, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was clothed and he was in his right mind. That's what happens when Jesus gets done with people. They're sitting at the feet of Jesus. They're clothed and they're in their right mind. You know what they were before Jesus got a hold of them? They were out of their mind and there was no restraint to them. And all of the chains that society put on them could not restrict them. And I'll tell you, you will not be able to legislate the spiritual darkness that exists in our world. The spiritual darkness that exists in our world will break that legislation every time. The only thing that's going to affect our world positively is a whole Holy Ghost revival is the name of Jesus being magnified. And that demoniac, you know what that demoniac said to Jesus? He said, I want to go into all the world with you. I want to join your team. And I want to go get involved in global reach. I want to go to the far-flung nations that you're going to reach and that your disciples are going to reach. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, no, you stay here and minister to the people of your city. Global reach is great, but not at the expense of local action. You've got to be engaged on a local level. And I want to give Brother Josh Flynn, and we're praying for the Flynn family right now in Jesus' name. We're praying God's healing touch upon Sister Jennifer Flynn and, her, and the baby that they're about to have in the name of the Lord. They need a touch from God. And we pray for them in Jesus' name. We speak healing and life and power in the name of Jesus. And I want to give Brother Josh Flynn credit. He was talking with me about the demoniac. He said, you know, if you look back at the scripture, so I did. When the demoniac was finished being touched by the Lord, he went and told everybody he could tell what the Lord had done. And when Jesus shows up to the next place, everybody was waiting for him. And it's connected back to that miracle he did in the life of the demoniac. And that's where he begins to feed the multitudes. That's why God wanted him to stay local focus local. Get engaged local. Touch people on the west side and on the east side. Tell everybody you can on the north side and the south side. Get this word into the streets. Tell them about Jesus Christ. And Jesus can feed the multitudes when we open up our mouth and begin to declare his word. Hallelujah. One of the, one of the differences between the parable of the talents and the parable of the pounds was how it concludes with that final servant. The servant of the talents, the Bible says that he was going to bury his talent in the earth. He said, I buried my talent in the earth. 
The parable of the pounds, he folded his in a napkin. We look at that one talented servant, and one of the reasons that we have such an issue with him was because he did just that. He buried his talent in the earth. Buried his talent in the earth. You would never dream of doing that. Oh, Pastor Joel, I would never, I would never bury my talent in the earth. But you might fold it up in a napkin. Folding it up in a napkin is different. That's not putting a tombstone on it. That's not, that's not burying it six feet under, never to be seen again, never to be heard from again. Folding it up in a napkin is just simply saying, I'll use it later. I'll keep it for another time. And what the Lord would have you understand is the time is right now. Open up that napkin and give it to God. Give it to God. I wonder if we could lift up our hands to the Lord right now and say, God, I, I want to be involved and engaged and proactive. I want to be engaged on a practical level. I want to be, I want to have a pragmatic approach in the name of Jesus. Come on, stand with me right now in the name of the Lord. God has an anointing for every person in this room. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our leaders are, are, of these ministries, many of them that I mentioned, the ones that are beyond the doors, are going out right now. They're going to welcome you to the lobby when you get out there to the welcome center, and they're going to show you some of the things that they're doing. We encourage you to engage with them and, and, and get involved in the ministries that they're promoting. But, but I want you to know when we begin to do this thing, we can do anything. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Imagine what three can do, and four, and five, and six. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I want everybody right now who has ever worked or engaged with the, the church, here or anywhere, I want you just to lift up your hands right now and begin to praise God that the Lord anointed your hands. Come on, do it right now in the name of Jesus. You've administrated, you've given. You've organized, you've, you've, you've been feet on the ground, boots on the ground, you've cooked, you've served. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. You've taught Bible studies, you've taught Sunday school classes. Come on, that's it, just lift up your hands right now. Just lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, keep them lifted, keep them, keep them up. We're going to praise God a little bit here. Hallelujah. Our, our musicians can come. Our singers can come. We're going to praise God a little bit here right now because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You're not in retirement. You're not in retirement. And it's not over. God's not done with you yet. You've got more to the story. Hallelujah. There is more to the story. God's not done with your hands. He's not done with your mind. He's not done with your voice. He's got something for you to do, something for you to get involved in. If you believe it, come on, lift up your hands and lift up your voice. If you believe it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. 
In the name of Jesus, if one, if one, I want one person to walk to the front of this house, one person right now who believes what I'm preaching to you, I want one person to walk to the front of this house. Come on, that's it. That's it. God's going to send an anointing upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's one. We've got one. We've got one that came forward saying, if it's just me, if it's just my hands, come on. I want two now to come. I want the second person to come. Hallelujah. That's it. And say, I want to, I want to be involved. I want to get engaged. I want to do what the Lord has called me to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You say, I'm not sure what talents God has given me. I need to see a show of hands of those that have been forgiven. Have you been forgiven? That's a gift God gave you. Now you take that forgiveness and you go forgive somebody. I want somebody right now that has been given peace by God. Hallelujah. Come on, he put peace down in your soul. You remember when depression and anxiety raged within you, but now you've got peace in your soul. That's a gift God gave you. I want you to take that peace, and I want you to speak peace to somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody know how to work with your hands? Anybody know how to work with your hands? Lift up your hands and just kind of wave them around right now. If you know how to work with your hands. Hallelujah. God gave you that gift, and he's going to use it for his glory. I want to know if there's anybody here who knows how to, how to open up your mouth and praise the Lord. Come on, you know how to open up your mouth and praise the Lord. Come on, he's going to tell you, occupy, occupy, get busy, move into action. Take what I gave you and use it for my glory. I want us to lift up our hands right now, and I want us to ask for a holy and a fresh anointing. God is getting ready to pour his spirit upon you in a new way. In Jesus' name, he's going to pour an anointing upon you in a new way. Come on, he's going to pour his anointing upon you in a new way. In the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost. We're getting ready to sing. We're getting ready to sing, but I feel something right now. Before we, before we engage in what the Lord's doing here, I want, us, I want us to do something. Because some of you have believed a lie, a lie, that your best days are behind you. There is no such thing for the child of God that their best days are behind them. Now, you may have done some great things in days gone by, but in this kingdom, the best days are always ahead. Always. When this life is over, I step into the land of the unclouded day, and that's when the real good stuff starts. I rebuke the lie the devil has told you that your best days are behind you. That is a lie from the devil. And I rebuke the lie that he has told you that you have made an irreparable mistake that you can never recover from. I bind that lie in Jesus' name and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. It has no authority over you. Your best days are yet ahead of you. The most wonderful things you will ever do for the Lord are yet to be done by your hands and with your words. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to remind you, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to remind somebody tonight, today, 
Some of the most anointed preachers you'll ever hear haven't even got the Holy Ghost yet. Some of the most anointed children's ministry leaders and teachers haven't even come to this church yet. And yet one day they're going to be teaching the Word of God in our Sunday school classes. Some of the most powerful singers you will ever hear throw their head back and lift their voice. They were drunk last night, intoxicated last night. They're hung over right now. They don't even know we're talking about them. They don't even know we're here. Oh, but you'll hear them sing. They'll sing for the glory of God because the Holy Ghost is going to get a hold of them because we're going to occupy. We're moving into action. We're moving into action. We're moving into action. If you believe it, I need every saint of God to lift up a high praise unto the Lord all across this house. That's it. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening in the name of Jesus. It's happening in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name, there's a new anointing. There is a new anointing. It's a new anointing. It's a new anointing. In the name of Jesus, it's a new anointing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want you to put your word. I want you to put your word between the heart of your people and the lies the enemy has told them. And I want you to move the lie of the enemy away from their heart and their mind. Every lie the enemy has ever told them, it is being moved out right now. It is being moved aside and cast down right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up the word of God right now. Exalt the word of God right now. Magnify his word. Magnify his word. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, find somebody near you right now. Lay hands on them in the name of the Lord. Lay hands on them right now. Come on, lay hands on them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
you're done with me yet There's so much more to the story You're not done with me yet You're not done with me yet You're not done with me yet There's so much more to the story Oh, yeah. 